The Great Canadian Talk Show. There's only a couple of watts, but I brought the truth to everyone within three blocks of the west side of campus. No way! Yes way! And now, let's get right down to business with Marty Gold. Welcome to the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast. This is episode two of season four, our second episode of the year 2024. I'm Marty Gold. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, Our first episode of 2024 that took a look at some of the online comments and the reaction to online comments about downtown safety. Comments made by Dr. Joss Reimer, the head of the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority, has already reached number 15 out of uh, over 120 podcasts we've done, it's already number 15, with a bullet, as they would say in the music business. Uh, And I expect that there's going to be more people listening to that and reading the episode description, uh, which very, uh, if you go to actualine.ca and uh, and you look at that episode, you'll be able to see uh, uh, images, photos, Uh, of what we're talking about. Some of the commentary that went back and forth online as Joss Reimer claimed that the big danger downtown wasn't violence because she's never seen any. The big danger is from SUVs and trucks. Uh, I'm going to be following up on this in the course of the next couple of weeks. Um, I perhaps underestimated, (laughs) to say the least, the degree to which Dr. Joss Reimer because of her her various roles uh, over the years in the healthcare system, that she's a very polarizing character in the Winnipeg community. And there's a lot of people with a lot to say, not only about her comments uh, specific to downtown safety and the way she dismissed the concerns, especially of women, um, but there's other things that have come up with regards to Joss Reimer, uh, she rubs some people very much the wrong way, and I had, uh, was not really aware of this, but it's fascinating to see, and, and it's different. There's certainly, you know, whoever rises to the positions of power in the WHA, they haven't all exactly been lauded for uh, uh, being skilled diplomats, let's say. Uh, they're probably skilled technocrats, but not necessarily skilled in terms of PR and other things. Uh, They don't make uh, a lot of friends on the way up necessarily, I guess, or maybe it's on the way down. Uh, The best example, of course, the infamous Brain Postal, Dr. Brian Postal, uh, and Brock Wright, who was the uh, the number two guy uh, back in the day, and that goes back uh, to our days on Kick FM, the uh, abandonment of Brian Sinclair in the Health Sciences Emergency Room and the declaration from Brain, uh, from uh, good old... uh, uh, brain himself that, uh, oh, well, you know, there was a note about him. It was on a clipboard and the clipboard got lost. The note's been lost and all other sorts. And the cameras happen to go out. You get the idea. So people, I think, inherently don't trust the WRHA brain trust. I know that I certainly put them through the ringer with our investigation to use needles and them handing handing out millions of free needles over the years, but taking no responsibility for the cleanup of, of, uh, of that endangerment to the uh, community. Uh, and Joss Reimer seems to have made things worse. I don't want to belabor the point. You can go to actionline.ca and uh, you'll see the um, you'll see the episode description. You'll be able to listen to it. Uh, Dr. Joss Reimer, the Pollyanna of downtown Winnipeg, already number 15 all time in our uh, podcast uh, lineup. Uh, 
And I, I'll say right now, we'll be following up on that. Uh, definitely more about bike lanes. Yes, yes, yes. More about that. Uh, a potential shuffling of the deck at City Hall that uh, may be coming up in the next week or two that I'm going to be sniffing around over the course of this week. Uh, and uh, as well, some issues involving the healthcare system under the NDP as the emergency room wait times continue to grow and build. And of course, there'll be a crime report, uh, part of the regular rotation coming up in uh, in January here with the podcast and on actionline.ca. We're going to be getting more articles up on actionline.ca. And, and what I'm about to go into, I originally contemplated as an article, but it's a little too personal. Uh, and I'm hoping you, you folks will find it because of that attachment, that angle, I'm hoping you're going to find it um, really interesting, and I hope it's something you're going to share with others. It deals with anti-Semitism. I am the only reporter in Winnipeg covering anti-Semitism, and it does require individuals with experience, with knowledge, with insight, with institutional memory, something that almost every newsroom in this city lacks. They certainly... Uh, aren't dedicated on radio to actually covering anti-Semitism in any meaningful way. That's one of the reasons why I picked up the mantle here on the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast. Uh, But this has a Winnipeg connection. It comes from British Columbia. And I'll have the details for you right after you hear these brand new commercials and and spots as we have a whole new inventory in 2024. Uh, Promo spot, uh, advertising, and uh, etc. If you want to get in on the program. MartyGoldLive at gmail.com if you want to start sponsoring uh, ep- specific episodes, specific uh, uh, topics or features. Uh, you can get in on the program, but uh, right after this break and all these fancy new spots that you're going to be hearing. Uh, be back with more about this indication of anti-Semitism, institutional anti-Semitism. And believe me, this isn't just at one university. This is going across the country This kind of behavior, these kinds of problems, including here in Winnipeg, including here in Manitoba, back with more right after this. In the tradition of asking hard-hitting questions. Have you made the beds yet, madam? Not that question. It's the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast on Spotify, Apple, Player FM. And at actionline.ca. The home of public affairs commentary in Winnipeg. This episode of the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast is sponsored by Jamrock Security, protecting your family, your business, and your community. Call 204-880-1564 or go to jamrocksecurity.ca, your trusted security partner. They're saying the judge got it wrong, everyone got it wrong, everyone is wrong, but the city of Winnipeg. you have a comment, story tip, or want to advertise or support the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast? Email tgcts1 at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at TGCTS. You have the power. As regular listeners of uh, the Great Canadian Talk Show, both on radio uh, in the old days and nowadays online, are aware, and for those of you that are new listeners... Uh, I'll clue you into something. I'm a product of what we called the Hebrew school system here in Winnipeg. I went to Jewish school and I'm a Hebrew school graduate. Uh, And that 
is part of who I am. It was part of my family makeup. My, as I've mentioned on this program, my grandfather, my uncle, um, in particular, were instrumental in raising funds for the Hebrew, the establishment of a Jewish high school in Winnipeg, Joseph Walensky Collegiate. Uh, it was connected to the Talmud Torah Synagogue, where my brother's bar mitzvah was, where my bar mitzvah was, probably my uncle's bar mitzvah was, but I'm too, I was too young to, to remember it. Uh, you get the idea. So I have an attachment to these things. Lo and behold, in navigating through Twitter this week, I think it would have been Thursday, I saw a tweet from a guy I follow on Twitter named Dr. David Jacobs. And this tweet was kind of remarkable because it talked about something that I I was just stunned by. And what Dr. Jacobs did uh, is he made a post with a with an attachment that said attached is celebrated geriatrician Dr. Ted Rosenberg's letter of resignation. Uh, Dr. Rosenberg is a uh, was a, a clinical assistant professor at UBC's Faculty of Medicine. And I stopped right there because it's like, whoa, why is why is Dr. Jacobs running this? As it explained his post, after 30 years of distinguished teaching, he no longer feels safe in the UBC environment. Now let's look at who Ted Rosenberg is. Ted's based out of Victoria. He makes house calls. He specializes in keeping the elderly in their homes for as long as possible. He has a company called Home Team Medical Services. And he's an expert in improving the quality of life and maintaining independence for older people and for their families. This is a big issue. Now, for instance, if, if this was being done in Winnipeg, if Ted brought his practice to Winnipeg, he'd be running headlong into the pigs at the trough of the public trustee who resist at almost all costs reuniting families and uh, allowing those bank accounts and those pension checks to escape their their uh, greasy fingers. This is what he does out in Victoria, which of course has a, a gigantic um, population of uh, aging, uh, aging Canadians and senior citizens. Uh, and they specialize company in people aged, it says here, from 75 to 105. Rehabilitative aides, care coordinators, physiotherapists, runs the gamut. In 2016, Ted Rosenberg got the BC College of Family Physicians Award for Exceptional Contribution in Family Medicine. He's not some fly-by-nighter. Uh, he's puts his nose has put his nose to the grindstone for years and years and years for decades. Dr. Jacobs attached a long letter that Ted Rosenberg had sent to UBC resigning his teaching position. And the excerpt in the tweet, and this got my attention, quote, I checked the recommended links to you, uh, to your and the president's statements. So you address it to somebody in particular at the college, right? I checked the recommended links to the college's statements, university statements, on respect and compassion as well as the EDI site. Two words are conspicuously absent from all these documents. One, Jew or Jewish, and two, anti-Semitism. Moreover, I searched the UBC DEI REDI site. I guess R maybe means for residents? I don't know. For the words anti-Semitism and did not find this word amongst the multitude of other antis that appeared. He cited an unsafe work environment following repeated attempts to have the school do more to address anti-Semitism. 
And I looked at this, and I read this long letter, and I saw how he built the argument and took apart the defensive um, stance that the university had taken, despite absolutely incomprehensible, unacceptable, unforgivable behavior towards Jewish doctors, staff, and students. And I realized I was reading it, that's Teddy Rosenberg. Teddy Rosenberg was one of three boys in high school that were all older than me. I was uh, closer friends with his, what I guess was his younger brother, David. David was a year ahead of me in high school. Uh, and the older than Teddy, Teddy would, would have been the middle son, and older was, I think it was Harold. So Harold was a year younger than my brother Teddy. I don't remember. I think he was probably two years older than, three years older than me, then David, and then me. So I knew all the uh, Rosenberg boys, uh, was friends with David. This guy went to my high school. This guy had a very, and my mother loved his mother. Uh, she was a the, their mom was very highly thought of and very respected. Uh, my recollection is she worked for the provincial government, uh, and uh, which was, you know, she was a little bit different in that regard. Uh, not a lot of people at our school worked with the government. I mean, there were Saigonic's kids. Saigonic was part of the NDP government for a while under Ed Schreier. And, and the Rosenberg's mom, and, and not a lot of political... And I, I should mention Sid Spivak, because I went to school with Harold Spivak. Sid was the conservative leader. But... I mean, I don't know how to put this. They were, um, they were part of our community. They were part of our of our, uh, you know, the people we'd party with, hang around with, such that it was in nineteen seventy five, six, seven, eight. And here's Ted Rosenberg after thirty years of teaching at that university. Previously, was an instructor at University of Manitoba, and he quit. And in quitting, he showed the leadership that every. Jewish organization in Canada and every government in Canada is lacking because he tried to do the right thing he was treated like garbage and he said okay screw you then he wrote award winning geriatrician folks he had no choice but to resign and that resignation letter on Twitter posted by Dr. Jacobs has over 120,000 views. What happened was the students around UBC circulated a petition called a call for action on Gaza. It was signed by over 225 students. It was a product from within the faculty of medicine. Now, this didn't just call for a ceasefire. This was a politically loaded document. It called Israel a settler colonial state, accused it of indiscriminate bombing of civilians, Claimed Palestinian, this is a direct quote, Palestinian people have been continually abused, traumatized, and killed by the settler state of Israel and its Western allies for over 75 years. Now, uh, Teddy did an interview with the National Post, and uh, it explained that uh, a lot of, I mean, he was alarmed, we're all alarmed, uh, after October 7th, uh, by the by, by the naked aggression of those who have political differences with the state of Israel. He was in particular concerned about what Fred Hahn, the dope that's in charge of the Ontario CUPE union, he talked about the power of resistance in celebrating the rape and massacre that occurred, not just to Jews, 
but to foreign workers and tour and, and tourists, as well as Israelis, on October 7th. So in November, with tensions very high within the faculty, he wrote a letter to Dermot Kelleher, Dean of the Faculty of Medicine, and he and it was also written to the school's president, an individual called Benoit Antoine, last name Bacon. Benoit Antoine Bacon. This letter was sent November 29th. And he said that given that over 200 students, medical students, had signed this petition, which includes just all sorts of historical inaccuracies and propaganda, he said this petition and other similar statements on campus, as well as the inaction by UBC, makes me wonder if anti-Semitism has become systemic in this institution. He told the National Post, Dr. Rosenberg did, that he found out about a medical resident, a Jew, who is being harassed online by other medical students and some of the staff people and doctors. The petition triggered the attack on the resident, and that's, Teddy said, when I felt I had to step up and really say the culture at UBC has become far too politicized and polarized, and this student petition was an example of how it's become this way. So in this letter, he said, yeah, UBC's tried to redress discrimination, promote diversity inclusion, and we've all seen where that's landed Ivy League schools. Here's another uh, uh, university on the West Coast. But he asked, why do these efforts for diversity and inclusion come to an abrupt halt when it involves including and protecting Jewish Zionist students and faculty? That student was left, according to the letter, was left distressed, anxious, sleepless, and enduring hostile reactions of colleagues and faculty. Now, I just want to step back on the local level. You remember the controversy about the head of the um, medical students union, I think it was at the University of Manitoba, and she had been suspended. And oh, it's a free speech, and oh, it supports it supports the, the the refugees. And but the reasoning of the U of M included unprofessional conduct. You see, there's a certain pattern of behavior among these Hamas supporters out there, and you see what kind of behavior might have come to the attention of the U of M, as well as various online memes and statements comparing the IDF to Nazi stormtroopers that would have resulted in that suspension at the U of M, which then resulted in controversy in particular for Abi Khan of the Conservative Caucus and for another member. So I just want to draw that analogy that this kind of behavior, there's certainly indications this kind of behavior is endemic in med schools. And so Teddy Rosenberg explained to the National Post that his feeling was, as he said, we needed clear guardrails, like the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition of anti-Semitism, which 40 countries have adopted, including Canada and including Manitoba. But for some reason, UBC refuses to adopt it in my letter. I said, quote, can you tell me why you haven't adopted it and what steps are going to be taken to protect Jews from anti-Semitism on campus? And as he told uh, the newspaper, the national newspaper, the answer is we got a respectful, compassionate, inclusive university. If there's any complaints, go to the equity and inclusion office. That was their boilerplate response. The problem, Dr. Rosenberg said, quote, we feel is that the respect and compassion is extended to everyone except us. The goal of his resignation is to make the university engage with the broader 
Jewish community and their views. As he put it, what they tend to do is grab some anti-Zionist Jewish professional. Does that sound familiar, CBC, platforming these, these, these nobodies and these nerds and these self-hating Jews? And here's what Teddy's describing went on, what went on at UBC. They grab some anti-Zionist Jewish professional, pretend they represent all Jews' views, and we are tired of that. And I assure you, having gone to high school with the Rosenberg boys, the Teddy Rosenberg, notwithstanding whether he supports any particular government of the day in the state of Israel, he's a Zionist. He believes in the Jewish homeland. He believes in the right of the Jewish people to self-determination. He recognizes Jewish, that the Jewish people are indigenous to the Holy Land. We know this subject. Here's another quote. We know this subject. We're not radicals. We don't hate Palestinians. We don't hate Muslims. We want a dialogue. We want to be able to say, hey, how do we find a place of mutual respect, even though we're not going to agree on everything? My goal was to say, you need to start to speak to us. What we need from them is we need, is we need them to adopt a very clear criteria for anti-Semitic speech, like using the IHRA criteria like everyone else and guardrails, but when it crosses into hate speech and a policy of what they're going to do that they're going to act on it if that's happening. And that's what you don't see at universities across this country. Whether it's been Toronto, York, McMaster, what used to be called Ryerson, McGill, Concordia, U of M, U of W, I believe University of Calgary's had a few things going on. UBC, part of that mix where the toxic brew of anti-Semitism and far-left radicalism is threatening the existence of Jews on those campuses. So what we're asking for, he told National Post, is a, uh, as well as a dialogue on how do we improve education for the student body and the faculty about anti-Semitism, about the Holocaust, about respectful conflict resolution. We offered, he said, to speak to the students in a let's use this as a teachable moment way, and the administration refused us. Now, there was a second letter. where uh, I've only referenced the first one in January. There was a second letter on December 21st, and he, this is uh, what resulted in him sending the letter of resignation, which I think was dated January 2nd, 10 days later. On December 21st, 284 physicians, Jewish and non-Jewish, signed a petition about the growing po polarization of the medical school. 284 doctors on December 21st, said, quote, this is resulting in hate speech, student intimidation. The feelings of many students and teachers, they're working in a toxic environment. Several of us have expressed concerns to you in writing and are waiting for specific responses. The letter urged that those who signed the petition, quote, be made aware of the significance of their choice of contentious language. And Rosenberg, in his letter of resignation, he cited a couple of professional colleagues who, among other things, claimed Jesus was Palestinian and and, you know, this is what made me realize this is Teddy Rosenberg from Joseph Linsky Collegiate, because as a JWC student, there was a certain way we learned to to write, to present arguments, uh, to present facts. And he laid out that this notion that Jesus was Palestinian, which is completely absurd, uh, and that and then drawing comparisons to the IDF and in Jesus, Jesus would have been bombed. And I think the guy ran a, a, a meme with, a, you know, a baby Jesus like under the rubble, you know, from IDF bombing. This is deicide. This is an extension of the of the uh, millennia old uh, uh, smear. The Jews murdered God, murdered the son of God. The Jews murdered Jesus. He called that out. 
The letter in December called on the equity, diversity, and inclusion offices at both the university and the medical school. Oh, the med school had its own. Oh, nothing like duplicating bureaucracies. To receive sensitivity training regarding Jewish issues and anti-Semitism. Ask the university to have zero tolerance, quote, have zero tolerance for any speech across the boundary to anti-Semitic or hate speech. But both letters received responses from Dean Keller of the medical school, and that's when Rosenberg said, I've had enough. And in response to that, again, going back to that original quote, I checked the recommended links to your statements on respecting a passion. Two words are conspicuously absent from all these documents. One, Jew or Jewish, and two, anti-Semitism. He added that he scoured the websites of both the university and the medical school and did not find the word anti-Semitism included among the several antis that were mentioned in his resignation letter. He said they, quote, did not address any of our specific concerns, read the medical student's petition, anti-Semitism within the faculty, or concerns the politicization and polarization of the Middle East conflict are creating a toxic work environment. He spoke about the oversimplistic, ahistorical, demonizing narratives and rhetoric. Quote, he hoped, the, he hoped, quote, the faculty of medicine UBC will recognize the serious threat of anti-Semitism and Jew hatred and the dangers of the, that this is presenting to the faculty and the student body. And he, at the very end, he advised the school to consult with the physicians, the 283 and him, who signed that letter in December. They can work with you to constructively, collaboratively, and proactively rectify this situation, ultimately help restore respect, compassion, empathy, and trust among colleagues and students. And of course, the university, full of excuses to the, uh, to the media, telling the um, Canadian Jewish news that the faculty and the university have been very clear that anti-Semitism is completely unacceptable. But now they're, quote, the faculty of medicine is working expeditiously expeditiously, to develop educational opportunities for inclusive learning and respectful dialogue. Yeah, right. You can find the National Post story, uh, UBC medicine professor on his resignation over anti-Semitism. And because of the personal connection, seeing that it was a guy that, uh, I I didn't grow up with Teddy. I more so grew grew up with with David in junior high and high school, uh, the younger brother, but this resonated with me. The way he presented the argument, the way he stood up as a Jew, But what do we see across this country? Repeated marches in Toronto. The cops are delivering coffee and donuts to the pro-Hamas marchers who have blockaded the 401 uh, around a Jewish neighborhood. And the no-balls politicians in Toronto, in particular many of them members of the Liberal Caucus in Ottawa, say, oh, this is unacceptable. We can't permit this. We have to stand against this. But it goes on and on and on. And meanwhile, whether it's in Toronto or Winnipeg, when Jews show up and try to counter-protest or provide information pickets, they're told they're the problem. You might provoke an incident for people that hate you. I can't imagine that this would be said to people, to Aboriginal uh, people who are faced with these kinds of threats, to so-called people of color, whether they're blacks from Africa, blacks from the Caribbean nations that have emigrated or, or are themselves have been in Canada for many generations. Nobody else would be told, hey, stop counter-protesting. Oh, you're going to cause a problem here. And that's what's going on in this country. But over at UBC, Teddy Rosenberg took a stand. Before we go to break, just imagine this. What would happen? What would happen? Would we turn in, will, will we turn into Germany? 
where the Jews start getting hounded out of the medical schools and the other professions? Is that what you want for Canada? Teddy Rosenberg blew the alarm. He blew the whistle and sounded the alarm in British Columbia. And he stands as, I'm sure, an unwilling, unwillingly, but that's leadership. And I am proud of Teddy Rosenberg. Back with more right after this. The Great Canadian Talk Show is brought to you by The Hive Hair Company. From classic to funky, the styles of your life are at The Hive in the heart of the Osborne Village at 175 Osborne. Call 452-4483 or online thehivehaircompany.com. The Great Canadian Talk Show podcast is always listening to you. Send in your comments, story tips, and ideas to martygoldlive at gmail.com. T-G-C-T-S making sure your voice is heard. A lot of this uh, controversy stems from the, uh, the, the so-called DEI, sometimes DIE, uh, programming, so-called equality, uh, equity programming that is not equality. Uh, and, and the focus has been on the Ivy League schools, the resignation of the president of Harvard, which was not so much because she supported anti-Semites, much like they do at UBC, but she got caught up in a major plagiarism scandal where she's evidently committed plagiarism 50 times and uh, she's written very few papers, so it looked like it was a work habit and not something that, you know, can happen from time to time. And it's happened to all of us, believe me. I've There are times where you forget quotation marks, you don't notice they aren't there. These things can happen. Bill Ackman was one of the major steers of this, the CEO of Pershing Square, And he's ended up in a battle, leading a battle, about the higher education system. And in the middle of that, it's turned out that you've got plagiarists galore, people who attain glory in academics, not from legitimate means, but by playing the race card, playing the equity card, and faking it all the way through. Now, he makes the point that this is uh, on Twitter. He's on Twitter a lot. And he spoke uh, on Saturday about the impact of higher education on our society and our country. He made an important point. This ties in with what I've just talked about with, uh, with UBC. Higher education system can affect what's taught to toddlers, what's taught in elementary and high schools, right? All these teachers you see featured on you know, libs of TikTok, for instance. Ed schools train the next generation of teachers and superintendents, design the curricula. They convince a generation that some of us are oppressors and others are the oppressed and provide justifications for what kinds of what degree of violence and terrorism or appropriate tools to address the perceived uh, uh, oppression. The HES can affect our medical establishments and the ethics of medicine. Some of our most controversial procedures in medicines, the advisability of their use of children and so on. You get the point, I'm sure. And higher education systems affect our legal system, our ethics, our basic understanding of right and wrong, affects how we think of capitalism, our economic system, how we address wealth inequality, taxation, monetary and fiscal policy. It affects religion, how it's practiced and no longer practiced. It can, uh, it can advance a monetary theory, which states the U.S. as a sovereign nation has effectively no limit to its spending because it's just print new money. And the graduates of the education system, he said, become the judges, Supreme Court justices, politicians, members of the media, and others who influence and determine our way of life. And help us understand the truth. But whose truth, you might ask? It influences how the national voting system is run. You don't need me, Bill Ackman said, 
to tell you how important it is in light of the power of HES, those interested in power would, of course, desire to take control of our most prestigious and influential universities so they could ultimately take control of our education system, our government, and then the country at large. The great equalizer, he says, is going to be artificial intelligence because after, of all things, Business Insider started going after his wife, who's brilliant, over whether or not she had... She didn't cite Wikipedia uh, in defining things. So, for instance, if I was to define... Um, a, a, you know, a taxi cab dispatch to you, I might very well not do it off the top of my head. I could just read, you know, read something from Wikipedia, read from a dictionary, and I say, well, she plagiarized from Wikipedia. What? It's just, that's the source material. It's like, you know, like a dictionary. And this was all many years in the past. The point is, Claudine Gay resigned, as, uh, removed herself as president of Harvard. He started the ball rolling along with uh, with others. But he kept the pressure on, major donor. Uh, the donors, are billions of dollars out going to these Ivy League schools. And all of a sudden, they're going after his wife. Except the problem is, he said, that's fine. Now I'm going to go after the board of MIT. Now I'm going to go after the faculty at MIT. And we're going to use artificial intelligence. And he's going to bankroll company. And you want to, you know, what's sauce for the goose, sauce for the gander. Let's go over everybody. And he made the point, he's been accused of, bla- of racism. Because Claudine Gay was, uh, was that her name? Yeah, Claudine Gay, she was a person of color. She's been accused of racism against black people. Because they advocated for three college presidents, the ones that testified in, co- in Congress and failed to take a stand against anti-Semitism running rampant through faculties, rampant through student bodies, protest, Jew-hating protests being permitted on their, on their premises, in a, a disruption of classes, disruption of, of exams. He's been accused of being racist, even though he's wanted all three to step down. Last night, he said, this would be Friday night, I believe the chairman of MIT must resign for apparent tax fraud. This has to do with um, with uh, 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 an inside baseball trust fund, something or other that this, uh, uh, evidently the chair and his wife had something to do with and could direct where the, where the money went from the trust. I know he happens to be a Jewish man. Am I also an anti-Semite? The point is, as Bill Ackman says, we have leaders in important institutions that lack the necessary moral clarity that is critical, particularly during this, cha- during this challenging time in history. And what's happening to Bill Ackman? Business Insider goes after his wife. They sent an email saying, hey, can you comment on these things? It would take weeks to research these old papers she did. Unlike Claudine Gay, she, this, the, his wife was a prolific scientist and, and brilliant uh, technological innovator and inventor. An hour and 32 minutes after a 12-page email was sent, they published the story. A reporter was attacking my wife again, wrote Bill Ackman, a woman who was totally uninvolved in my advocacy on higher education, but they thought attacking my family would cause me more pain. Even the mafia! operates with more dignity and respect for family, and I apologize the mafia for that comparison. And what you've seen is excuses made by academics and by journalists, so-called journalistic outlets, because people thought that if Claudine Gay engaged in the degree of plagiarism that was quite evident, and that the board had claimed to investigate and dismissed and threatened to sue the New York Post over over a year ago, They're defending it. They're defending her allowing the anti-Semites 
to populate her campus, to populate her faculties. They were defending her plagiarism. We're seeing a collapse of academic institutions and a collapse of journalism. Why is Business Insider, he said, reviewing and attacking Nary Oxman's life and career? He figures that the editor of Business Insider's investigative division, he's been told, has an agenda he's pursuing against my wife or something else is going on. And he's asked the community on Twitter, X, for tips. A reporter at Bloomberg called their kids, his kids, I guess, saying, we're going to run a story. We want to talk to you. Can you imagine that? Here's a guy, Ackman, who endorsed Mike Bloomberg for president. He knows the reporter called his kids on their cell phones. Hey, we're going to, we're going to run a big, a big article about, uh, <laughs> about your dad. Imagine that. Do what's right. B- billionaires trying to do what's right, trying to ensure things are fair, trying to ensure Jews and other minorities, in, the, in particular in the U.S., Asians fall outside the scope of these, of these uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Trying to make sure that acad- academia stands for something, in particular academic honesty, Not every case of plagiarism was deliberate, but you can detect patterns. You can detect, uh, certainly, you can figure out when it's something that's, you know, 10 spelling mistakes in a 330-page document is not the same as 10 spelling mistakes in a three-page document. Here's Bill Ackman leading the charge, asking the most prestigious universities to show leadership, to show decency, to show anti-Semites the door. And the so-called media in America goes after him. Now, I don't know if the media in Canada is going to go after Teddy Rosenberg. I kind of doubt it. Somebody might try it. I'll be here to defend him. If you know of professionals in whether it's medical schools, engineering, architecture, that are having these kinds of issues, rampant anti-Semitism, ahistoric petitions that promote Jew-hating canards, the smearing of Zionists and Zionism, the denial that Jews are indigenous to the land of Israel. If you know people that are having those experiences, have them email me, martygoldlive at gmail.com. I will pick up the cause for them. I will do what I can to hold the institutions, hold the faculties, hold the leadership accountable. And it's not just out, outbound. Uh, there's ongoing discussion taking place between myself and local Jewish leaders uh, with regards to uh, an interview and we're going to be, they are trying to arrange something on their end Uh, there's a new president and a new uh, chief executive officer over the Jewish Federation of Winnipeg, I happen to know them both not well, but I've known them since as long as I've known Teddy Rosenberg and I want to talk with them about what they do, don't do can and can't do, what they think our government and our police should be doing And in that regard, alone among journalists in Winnipeg, I'm going to show some leadership. And I hope that you'll support me in this cause. It's on top of the civics I do, the legislative stuff, because if I don't do this, nobody else will. Nobody else is going to tell you about the harassment of, of, uh, of Jewish protesters 
about the marginalization of them, about the kinds of things that are said. You have not heard one media outlet report the chants in favor of violent revolution, in favor of intifada, have been heard in Winnipeg at some of these wildcat protests. I alone have reported that. That should be horrifying. I haven't heard Wab Canoe say a word about that. For that matter, I haven't heard Scott Gillingham say anything about that either. Although, to be fair, Gillingham was not was definitely um, strong in his comments on October 7th when the pro-Hamas crowd showed up at City Hall to celebrate rape and slaughter. Hasn't done quite as much lately. You get my point. I'm here on all those issues. But this one, to me, it is personal. I admit that. When I see Teddy Rosenberg stand up and walk away from a 30-year career of teaching students, of teaching students to be better doctors, to provide better care in the community, and those doctors didn't just stay in Victoria, they would have branched out all over Canada, all over the world. The least I can do is tell Teddy's story and tell the stories of others who are making an honest effort to try to wake up the woke and ensure there is fairness and dignity, ensure that threats are mitigated and resolved, ensure that Jews are safe to be on campuses, in faculties, to be students, to be teachers, whether it's in Victoria, Vancouver, Calgary, Regina, Winnipeg, Toronto, Montreal, or anywhere else in this country. Our work is supported by you listeners. I want you to share these podcasts, please, with other people that you think will be interested in the subject matter, that you think will recognize that Winnipeg radio, Winnipeg newspapers, Winnipeg television stations are not interested in telling you the truth. They are not interested in giving you the kind, the explanation, the depth of analysis. They devote no time to it. In the case of the newspapers, they are so hopelessly out of kilter with where your Overton window is, they can't, in many cases, be trusted as they push a certain kind of agenda and immediately try to demonize those with opposing or differing points of view. And that comes from the highest offices all the way down in these newsrooms. We see the proof of it. We see the evidence of it. I answer to you, the listener. I answer to those of you that listen to these podcasts and read the articles uh, and columns on actionline.ca. These investigations, the interviews that we do with public leaders, like city councilors, for instance, and more coming. There's no Trudeau. There's no foundation money. There's no grants. It's your support that pays the bills so that I can keep doing this. We hit our goal, exceeded our goal in December. We're going to be kicking off another fundraising campaign. Um, there's been a few suggestions from some people that want to uh, provide some support. You can do so now by going to our donate page through PayPal, through Interact, or contacting me. I want to make this full-time. These issues I'm covering requires full-time attention. Help me get to that stage. 
make sure that we can do what we have to do so that you have a voice so that the questions that need to be asked are put in front of our political leaders, our community leaders, law enforcement, the media. And I will always make sure that when I go out in the field, when I make those calls, when I send those emails, with you backing me, with me representing your interests, your concerns, and we don't agree on everything. I, you know, I understand that. Not every, uh, this is opinion-based, but I bring facts to the table. I bring research to the table. I bring analysis to the table you don't hear anywhere else that sheds light on these subjects. When I go out into the field, when I make those inquiries, when I follow those FIPAs, those freedom information requests, I'm doing it because I am following the path I was taught when it comes to this kind of enterprise, to the public interest, to providing a platform for public affairs, always I will remember and uphold that you have the power. What the legacy media won't talk about. They're too busy covering ribbon cuttings and other such things. He will. Winnipeg Radio, it's moved more and more away from being dynamic, provocative, and closer and closer to... It's Marty Gold. That's not the way it should be, especially with broadcast licenses issued by the CRTC, but that's their problem. On the Great Canadian Talk Show Podcast. Not the power of CKY or CKRC, but we intend to try to match them in quality. Thanks for listening to The Great Canadian Talk Show. If you want to email Marty, send it to tgcts1 at gmail.com. Or follow him on Twitter at tgcts. Hey.